Some people care about the Millimaker. Some people care about the Thunderdome. But around here, there's only one tournament that matters, and that's the Deposit Kingdom Rake-Free League on DraftKings that I just happened to have won this week. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic chalkitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. I got auto match with Levitan. Bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Illuminati make a bitch go crazy. I don't know which one of these my baby. Bust out AP. Coach pop bullets in your head like KD. Bust it, bust it. Bitch go bust it. And I had 10 pints with me in Russia. Hey, everyone. Come on, come on. I start on time all the time. When it when it's a solo show with just me and I'm not being tied down by my Johnny Come Lately co-hosts, I, I start very punctual and on time. GMs, GMs, to everyone. Yes, Jay. We we were able to put Bink on the thumbnail. Uh longtime viewers will remember wasn't last year it was maybe two years ago i think i put bink on the thumbnail after getting a top 10 and people were really mad there were some people that were really bad so bink became a bit of a bit but i did actually bink the deposit kingdom weekly league we are going to dive into all of that today this is pete's portfolio review it's a revamped show from last year which used to just be a gpp lineup dfs review show where i'd wallow in my sorrows after another shitty dfs day we've revamped it a little bit this year not only do we cover our dfs lineups but we check in on our best ball teams because the fbi has graced us with um you know provisions to be able to talk about it this year so we thank them for that we'll also check in on weekly winners we got to scope out the dog bowl our guy nez is headed to miami some interesting stuff in the battle royale street so we're going to cover it all over the next hour if you guys are new to the channel make sure you're subscribed hit that like button there are a few things we do around here to get us in the mood to recap week two here the first thing i need to do is pour some coffee and feed the ducks so let's feed the ducks here where are my ducks at shout out to the ducks all right the ducks are being fed i think i'm going to just kind of keep the banners rolling we had the banners rolling uh during hot best ball summer so we'll keep that going and uh yes and let me get a coffee pour here There we go. Strong coffee pour. Everything off to uh, a very good start here. CJ in the chat. First time playing Battle Royale on Underdog. Did 15 drafts. Got eight for 7K. So close to 25K until Barkley over CMC late. Nice job, CJ. That is awesome. A ton of people in the Deposit Kingdom had massive days. I just mentioned Nez headed to Miami. Our guy Gormanji in the Hand Builders and Opto Bros chat had a monster day yesterday on the backs of Puka and I believe Kyron Williams as well. Um, our guy Paul had a nice little uh, 5K bink in the showdown slate last night. So a truly great time in the Deposit Kingdom. If you guys are not YouTube members, I highly recommend becoming members. It's a legitimately good deal. You become a YouTube member, you get access to the Hand Builder and Opto Bros Discord, where we prepare for all of the slates in there. That's within the Deposit Kingdom Discord. You sync your YouTube with your Discord account. It will unlock that private channel. And then on top of that, you get access to two extra behind the paywall streams each week. I'm doing the crams on Sunday mornings. The cram was, uh, we were on fire on Sunday. 
Uh, you don't want to miss that. That's 10.45 a.m. We go for about 75 minutes um, breaking down all the overnight news, top GPP plays, and then also have some fun building some pickums and doing a couple of drafts. And then on Saturday nights, I'm continuing the Best Ball After Dark series. This year, in season, we're revamping it to DFS After Dark. Had Dink on on uh, Saturday night, had an awesome conversation with him, and then we built uh, a DraftKings team that actually cashed in the Millie Maker. So um, become a YouTube member, get access to all of those perks. Um, and yeah, the uh, the Cram crew did well yesterday. Con Man, again, I saw Con Man atop all of the leaderboards. Uh, a ton of you guys just had monster days, copper uh, victory lapping Josh Reynolds. Uh, I'm certainly not going to uh, poo-poo Josh Reynolds, who looked awesome. Yesterday, Gem City Gridiron had a sweat in the weekly winners, was top 50 after the morning window. Didn't think it would last, but still have a shot at top 100. Yeah, our guy Jonathan Elliott over at Fantasy Life, they were both top 12 in weekly winners for a little bit. They slid down, but uh, it's awesome to see all of the sweats. And yes, I will handle these accusations that the Deposit Kingdom Weekly League was rigged. Let's go ahead and pull up my lineup here. This was the lineup that I ran out in basically all of the contests. Um, as you guys know, this year, I've kind of committed to playing a single lineup. And uh, it has been very helpful for my process. I, I now realize in focusing on a single lineup, and I'm not saying this isn't for everyone, but for me, I was stretched too thin with my additional content responsibilities on Sunday and bouncing around and setting season long matchups and all of that stuff. I was stretching myself too thin, trying to make four or five good tournament lineups this year, focusing exclusively on one. And that clarity and focus has, I think, legitimately helped me build better lineups. That in conjunction with being able to use the solver to sim out these lineups and see which ones are actually grading well in the contest. So um, let me actually get a different tab going here and we can start talking about this lineup. Now, the thing that was interesting is because I ran this same lineup in a bunch of contests and I was looking decent in the 1 p.m. slate, I ended up thinking through some specific late swaps depending on the various contest sizes I was in. So we can talk about that too, but here was the main lineup. This one did not get changed. This was in the Deposit Kingdom Weekly League. We did a Jared Goff, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Sam Laporta stack, and we brought it back with Kenneth Walker. I did legitimately consider doing Josh Reynolds, and in fact, when I was simming out these lineups, um, let me head over to... The, the sim results page. Actually, let me sim these again. Uh, so you can see here, I was simming for the spy. The There was a Josh Reynolds lineup I had made, and it was the only lineup that projected and simmed better than the lineup I ended up rolling out in those contests here. So you can see I was sorting by sim ROI here. The very top lineup uh, was a Jared Goff, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Puka Nakua, Sam Laporta, McCaffrey and Jets D. So the 3v3 I was really debating was basically Jets, McCaffrey, and Reynolds versus Cardinals, Keenan Allen, and, uh, and Debo. And so that ended up being a really tough decision point. And as much as I liked correlating Josh Reynolds with that, um, with that Jared Goff stack I had, I just really wanted to be able to get in both, um, Keenan Allen into this lineup as well, who ended up being huge. So it was a tough call there. I'm happy with how this turned out. So you have the simple double stack there. Really wanted to correlate Laporta 
with Jared Goff. I thought Laporta was just an awesome play when you considered the other rookie tight ends were going to be super popular. You're going to have Luke Musgrave as a really chalky one-off, and then you were going to have Kincaid tied to all those Josh Allen stacks. And Josh Allen was obviously projecting to be the most rostered quarterback on the slate. So I love the uniqueness element that Laporta gave. Then the other pieces I wanted on the cram, I said James Cook was my gold star lock of the week. This was one of those where if you were watching the game and you had James Cook, it was just unbelievably frustrating and tilting to watch Latavius Murray get all of that red zone usage. And then you check the box score at the end of the game and you're like, oh, James Cook had almost 23 points, went for over 100 uh, rushing yards there, chipped in four receptions for 36 yards. So he ended up getting there. And I just really liked him as a leverage play on all of the Josh Allen double stacks that were going to be so popular and trying to think through, hey, if Josh Allen fails or if those double stacks crater, what is one way it could crater? Well, through a lot of rushing production was essentially what happened as well with Latavius getting those goal line carries, James Cook having a nice day. So happy with how that one turned out. And then, of course, Keenan Allen, JM DeWin was hyping up uh, Keenan Allen on our Friday GPP strategy show. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with that, every single Friday at 2 p.m., I walk through the slate with JM. And JM historically isn't even a Keenan Allen guy, you know, because he to you know mentions that Keenan Allen's like 99th percentile ceiling, like he's rarely getting to 30 points. But JM had also highlighted, hey, this is a week where there's probably not going to be a lot of 30-point scorers um, from the premier players. We didn't have Justin Jefferson on this slate. And so he was very in on uh, Keenan Allen in this spot. And I really liked the Keenan Allen play as well because it seemed like he was going to get squeezed from an ownership perspective when you just looked at the high end. People wanted to play Diggs. People wanted to play Devontae Adams. People wanted to play Calvin Ridley. They wanted to get in a top tight end. So I thought Keenan Allen was going to get squeezed, which is exactly what happened there. Um, so felt good, obviously, about that play. And it was also a little bit of leverage on the Josh Kelly chalk. Um, I knew Keenan Allen wasn't going to be like a super sleeper, but I also thought he was going to come in far less popular than Joshua Kelly. So I like that. And then I had these three guys going late. And this ended up being kind of my decision as far as how I approached late swap. I had Puka, of course. I had Debo Samuel and I had Cardinals D. And so on some of these smaller field contests, including obviously the Deposit Kingdom, and then in the 50K red zone. So this was a tournament with 1,100 people. Uh, I finished seventh in this one. There's our guy Conman finishing fifth. I let this one ride as well. And this was kind of my thought process when I was trying to think through late swaps is once Cam Akers was deactivated and that news came out, I knew Kyron Williams was going to catch some late steam. And I thought that would pull down Puka because when you were looking at projections for Puka, he was in the 20 plus percent range, which if you're trying to lever your way up to first place in a tournament, you start to worry, okay, Puka's going to be popular, Debo's going to be popular, and Cardinals D was actually projecting. And so I was trying to be very, you know, careful with how I was thinking about the position these teams could place them in. In this size of a tournament, because I had such a big block, I felt comfortable letting it ride, knowing Puka was going to come down and saying, all right, I can eat a little bit of Debo chalk. 
So this one ended up working well, out well. I finished seventh in this red zone here. I think I could have gotten up to second place in a couple different scenarios, you know, depending on if Debo would have caught one of those touchdowns or the Cardinals D would not have imploded. So pretty close to a big day. But now this brings me to a, a late swap that cost me $1,000 because I, of course, was also in the big spy here. This is the 500K spy with 5,555 entries. I knew looking at this team, even with the good start, that I had no shot at a top five finish in this contest. There was a ton of teams ahead of me. There was a ton of teams I knew had Debo Samuel. And I was going in the solver and I was rerunning kind of my lineups and looking at various combinations where I could get a big ownership discount without sacrificing a lot of ceiling. So on this team, I ended up making the decision to pivot Debo to George Kittle. And the thought being, if Kittle has the Debo game and Debo has the Kittle game, obviously Debo projected better, all of a sudden I'm now live for a top 10 finish in the spy. And so obviously this doesn't look good in hindsight from a results basis. This finished with 174 points. My main lineup finished with 191. Obviously I should have let it ride from a results standpoint. If I do 191, I finish, where do I finish? I finish in 17th place here for, uh, for $1,500. So that late swap there cost me $1,100 and yet I don't regret it. And I think I always wanna be giving myself a chance for first place in these contests. And we talked about George Kittle on the cram too, looking like one of the best leverage plays. He comes in at 2.6%. And I really liked that chance at having a top 10 finish with Debo lineups cratering and George Kittle, you know, maybe having one of his signature 30 plus point games. So that was a tough spot, but I've honestly enjoyed the process of getting to think through late swaps across different contests based on the size. So I let it ride in the contest with 1100 entries, but then I get more aggressive in the contest with 5,555 entries. So this one didn't work out, but from a process standpoint, I feel good about that late swap. And I also feel good on my read. You know, I didn't galaxy brain it. You know, there was the chance to be like, all right, let's pivot the Debo and Puka to Javante Williams and Jahan Dotson. That was like another pairing that worked there. But with the Kyra news, I knew Puka was going to come down and him being at sub 10% in this spot um, was an obvious smash. So that feels really good there. Cardinals D, uh, that was disappointing and tilting because they were, you know, bageling the Giants in the, in the first half. And so I was like, holy cow, if we could just get a pick six on top of this, we could really be cooking. But, you know, Danny Dimes, had to go full Danny Dimes there and uh, bring the Cardinals down to just four points. But on the whole, with this lineup, uh, I felt really good about my process. And like I said, you know, I've really simplified my DFS lineup building process this year. And it works out so well talking with JM on Fridays, looking at the scroll on one week season. You guys can always get a 24 percent off those one week season subs with promo code Pete and then hand building my lineups and then going and testing these lineups in the sim and it is very fun now that ETR has released um different sims that you can do for different contests so you can go into your lineups and then I was able to sim these for the hundred dollar spy with 500 or 5,000 entries and then I was able to use the double spy to kind of sim it for the smaller stuff that I was doing 
And throughout the weekend, the lineup I ran out, I built that on Saturday night. It was right after I did the After Dark show with Dink. And it continued to be the top lineup. I kept tweak, uh, uh, tweaking. You see, I have a ton of other lineups I hand built in here. Had some Josh Allen, had a Justin Herbert, a Trevor Lawrence, all of this stuff. But these Jared Goff lineups continued to bubble up from a sim ROI perspective. Let me actually shift this here so you can see it. I realize my video is blocking it uh, a little bit. But yeah, continued to pop out at a 50% uh ROI here. And if you guys do want to check out the solver, I've really been enjoying it. I got a link down below and we talked about it on lulls the other day with Adam and um, Leone, but I just like it as a fact checker or, you know, checking the math on my hand builds and seeing if these interactions across these simulations are actually telling a similar story that I think I'm telling when I hand build these lineups. So that was my DFS day uh, yesterday. Um, ended up, uh, I only had like $300 in entries in play and ended up winning uh, $1,800. So uh, we will keep track on my uh, my bankroll here as well um, for the 2023 season. Um, up to 1.3K in profit. Uh, obviously, it's a lot funner looking at your bankroll tracker when you have a win, but we will uh, we'll be closely monitoring this throughout the season, and I will probably ramp up my play a little bit now that uh, you know I actually had a win. So uh, not a bad day yesterday. Let me catch up on the chat here uh, before we check in on some other stuff um gm gm thank you guys thank you thank you congrats to you paul as well i am behind on the chat pete playing a chalk defense he must be deep in the sim streets it's funny because i did see that the cardinals were going to be so popular and i was like is that is that right but to get the combos i wanted with puka or debo or even kittle i needed the cardinals defense to make it fit i had really wanted to get up to the commander's defense at 3100 but I would have had to have gone off of Puka down to Tutu to make that work. It is definitely short King summer. FF Doom says, will Puka be 7K next week? This is one of the beauties of DFS. I did not have enough Puka bags in best ball. Um, I have a ton of Tutu. Tutu was the guy I kept selecting at the end of drafts, um, but not enough Puka. But it is really fun that you can go and draft the hell out of Puka in Battle Royales. You can play him in DFS and still um, enjoy a little bit of Puka fun before he is just ridiculously expensive. Um, let's see here. Uh, Will becoming a member. Congratulations, Will. Welcome to the club. Um, da, 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 da. Imagine late swapping from Puka Williams to Atwell and Jay Williams. Absolute pain. Yeah, and that that stuff's tough though. Like if if I if your stack doesn't hit, I would have been making that exact same pivot. I think going from um at least off of Debo, off of Cardinals D to guys like Atwell um and Javante Williams made a ton of sense. I did think the Rams, though, and Puka was a unique case because people were excited to jam Kyron, and rightfully so. Like, the real play was to just play both Puka and Kyron, right? Which I don't think anyone wanted to do against the 49ers defense, but that was actually the play in hindsight. But I, I think you have to be willing, you have to, like, ask yourself, when you're playing these tournaments, like, your goal is to get top 10 finishes. And could you slightly boost your min cash equity like I could have on that team letting it ride? 
Um, sure. I think I could have, but I, I want to try to finish top five, top 10 in these contests. And I didn't think eating three chalky players in a 5,000 plus person contest was the way to do it. So I personally don't mind being aggressive with those swaps. And it was a little easier to stomach knowing that I had my core lineup in some other places. And that's just another part of the single lineup process that I'm enjoying. I had that lineup in like eight different contests. And in some of the bigger ones, I swapped it. And then in the smaller ones, I let it ride. Uh, yes, uh, I am joining, enjoying the uh, the hand builder Sims era here. A hand building sim bro now. It sounds like such an oxymoron, but the solver really does kind of make that uh, a reality here. Um, yeah, I am in a better mood this morning. Am I? I can't I can't really hide that uh, too much. Um, let's see here. Uh, speaking of the badge bros, let's pull this up. Uh, shout out to Nez here, who's headed to Miami. Uh, the dog bowl. I think it was. Uh, did it trend towards some overlay yesterday? Did there end up being a little bit of overlay in that? Um, I ended up getting one bullet in there. Uh, clearly need to get more. But look at Nez here with this lineup headed to Miami. Daniel Jones to Darren Waller. Um, this was a very cheap stack in um, underdog contest yesterday. It was who Dink had us put in our Millie Maker lineup that we built. Um Obviously, Daniel Jones doing most of the work, but when the tight ends don't go crazy again, getting 10 points from Darren Waller is all it takes. Also get my GPP Gold Star Lock of the Week, James Cook. Love that. Christian McCaffrey, of course. I'm guessing Nez had the 101 with this draft. And then look at that. Just two one-off pieces there at tight end. T. Higgins, or wide receiver T. Higgins and Nico Collins. So uh, South Beach, Nez is here. Uh, Nez, I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to win one of these dog bowls uh, so I can party with you in Miami. Uh, got to hang out with Nez and uh, John in Vegas, but I think we need, now need to uh, relocate the party to Miami. Congratulations to Nez. Copper said it was only 68% filled. So yeah, keep an eye out on the dog bowls on Sunday morning uh, if there's some overlay there. Hmm. Clay, are you Clay is on his honeymoon right now? Are you back? Clay was in Greece, uh, but are you back now? Uh, Clay, Clay looked like he was living his best life in Greece the past week uh, on Instagram. Um, let's see here. So Battle Royale yesterday, I still didn't get in as much volume as I wanted. Uh, only had 12 entries, I, which I realize is rookie numbers. I need to boost that up. Um, speaking of other plugs, you guys probably heard me say it on Friday. We did the block party show with JM. And then immediately following that at 3 p.m. on the new Underdog Daily channel, hopped over there for Often on the Clock. It's a new show I'm hosting in conjunction with the Badge Bros, um, where we're going to just throw Pick'em and Battle Royale and Underdog drafting parties every Friday afternoon. You guys clock out early for the weekend, and we will get on the clock in some drafts. Had a lot of fun talking through Battle Royale strategy with those guys on Fridays. We will keep that rolling every Friday at 3 p.m. I'm trying to see my top lineup here in Battle Royale. I did have a Joe Burrow to T. Higgins with the Mark Andrews bring back, the one-off Keenan Allen, and then CMC and Jameer Gibbs, but not sniffing anything at the top of the leaderboard. Dim sum, uh, you lose some, you dim sum. Uh, finished in first for 50,000 with a Patrick Mahomes naked quarterback. That is wild there. But I guess that's how you get it done, right? Um, you avoid the landmines in the stack. You got Saquon Barkley, Keenan, Mike Evans, and T. Higgins. So just like hitting the three-leg nuts parlay at wide receiver. I guess Puka would have been the other you could have tossed in there. And then Mark Andrews at tight end. Uh, 
this is one of those lineups where I'm like, I don't think I ever would have built this. Um, but GG to dim sum here for hitting the six leg parlay uh, in this draft. Patrick Mahomes, Barkley, Keenan, Mike Evans, T Higgins, Mark Andrews, um, all great kind of less popular plays in a vacuum uh, that all come together here to take the $50,000 prize. Yeah, not even a stack. Not even a stack. Um, Big Dan says, need to have Dink on more often. Yeah, I love talking with Dink. Um, I am going to try to get uh, different guests each week, but I would love, obviously, to do more shows with Dink. If you guys are YouTube members and you're in the Hand Builders Discord and you guys have suggestions for guests who you'd like for me to have on on uh, Saturday night after darks, drop some of those suggestions in there, and I would be happy to book some of the guests you guys would like to see. Um... Let's see here. Heading over to best ball. Um, I did check the leaderboard, guys, and your boy has a team in 210th place right now with 310 points. I went to see um, what team this was. It was one I drafted on the club with Andy and Clay. This was my sixth draft, um, a 2682 build with Miami and Dallas has 310 points and pretty fun team. It has Tua and Dak at quarterback, but the stacks with Tua and Dak are unconventional in that it's Tua with Mostert and Tyree Kill. It's Dak with Pollard and Jake Ferguson. And then I have two other pass-catching stacks without the quarterback. I have Godwin and Mike Evans, so obviously had the big Mike Evans game yesterday. And then we have Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Um, there without Jacksonville. We had two of the rookie performers who popped off yesterday, Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed here. TJ Hawkinson, of course, with the big Thursday night game. And then this running back room is pretty nice. Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Raheem Mostert, Tank Bigsby, and Chuba uh, there at running back. So, so far this team running pure kind of from like an injury standpoint and getting access to a lot of exciting offenses. I guess uh, I have Michael Gallup in that Dallas stack as well. Gallup been uh, a pretty big disappointment so far, but otherwise no huge landmines in this lineup. Um, it looks like if the contest ended today, 210th place would be good enough for $1,400. So there you go. Um, you know, you shoot for winning 3 million and you might land among the stars and uh, a $1,400 cash if this holds. But I do like this team here. I added up my teams that are advancing right now. And I think I'm literally right at expectation. I had 24 teams that were advancing. So that's a, a 24 out of 150, a 16% advance rate. So like I've said all along with how many of these teams I had to battle with sharp drafters with, if I can advance at an average clip, I will be very happy. So still two weeks here. I'm trying to see some of the other teams that are doing decently. You can see by the way I have these numbered that it's pretty even across when I was drafting them. You know, uh, it's interesting to see the team I drafted with Pat on the opening night uh, back in May is in first place. Uh, this is a Kirk Cousins, Bryce Young team. The running backs, Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah Pacheco, Zach Charbonnet, Brian Robinson, Raheem Mostert, and Chase Brown. Really love that running back room. Uh, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Traylon Burks, Marvin Mims, Alec Pierce, and then tight ends, Greg Dolchich, Hayden Hurst, Sam Laporta. Um, 
So that team is pretty fun too. And this was one where we got really good deals on Gibbs, on Brian Robinson. Laporta was like a last round pick when the contest opened. Marvin Mims was extremely cheap. So this team seems to have some legs here. Um, I don't know what would be more fitting than one of my best teams being the first team I drafted with the defending champ. So that one is uh, is interesting here. Hmm. Dick Chuck says, uh, can you show how you check the best ball yearly standings again? Yeah, so this is a separate splash play um, or splash, splash play, splash page here. Uh, check out Spags on the Splash Play channel um, that you can bookmark here. So underdogfantasy.com slash splash slash best ball mania four. I dropped it in the chat. And I believe if you tab over to regular season here, you see this. So if you're on your best ball mania, there's the draft groups. You hit the regular season. They now have popped this out. So you can just click it on the leaderboard and go there. Um, let's see. Did I fire off any eliminator and little eliminator teams? I only had one eliminator uh, team and I don't think it's doing good because I'm pretty sure it has Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor on it. Um, that contest filled so fast that I wasn't even able to... Um, uh, da, 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 to do more around it. So yeah, this is my one eliminator team. It is dog shit. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Desmond Ritter, Taylor, Brees Hall. Yeah, it has Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup on it. So this team is not going to be long for the contest here. Uh, Alan wants me to check out Largu Tanned. Largu Tanned here. Let's see what Largu's doing. Oh my goodness. 8th, 12th, 15th, 58th, 103rd, 185th, 205, 258. That is uh, an absurd amount of teams. My guess, and I don't know if Largu is uh, is watching, but I'm guessing they're probably heavily concentrated uh, uh, on a few of the league winners. Maybe a Puka Stan. I'm trying to think who else um, would be pulling up that much of a portfolio, but shout out to uh, Largu there. Our guy Easy has 46 out of 150. You love Mike Evans. Yeah, uh, Mike Evans is going to, uh, you know, just do what he does every year uh, and have another 1,000-yard season. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Mike Evans just balls out. Uh, Turn Me Up is leading the regular season right now with 346. Let's see here. Uh, congratulations. Ooh, there you are. Turn me up. 344.06. Who is on? Uh, yeah, you can tweet me at that. We can pull up that team. That's incredible. Yeah, man. I will watching Puka. Like I, I'm pretty, I don't know. I'm pretty unemotional when I watch football, but like Puka just makes me feel things watching football that I didn't even know I could feel. It, he, it's just so freaking fun uh, watching that guy play football. Uh, I am. I just love the story. It's just like one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, fantasy football can be fun. I don't even have a lot of tutu. I mean, or uh, Puka. I should go look at my exposure. I think I have very little uh, Puka, and I'm still uh, just super stoked on it. Let's see here. Puka... 1.1. I drafted him on one team. That is, that is, uh, that's a coffin. That feels bad. It was Tutu who I was drafting at the end. I have Tutu on 5% of my teams. Although the one team in Best Ball Mania that I have Puka on is the team I drafted with, uh, with Tom Everett Scott. So this was my 148th draft here. This one was super fun. This team has some legs. Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. Aaron Jones, James Cook, Antonio Gibson, Tank Bigsby, Gus Edwards, and Saban Ahmed. 
Uh, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Zay Flowers, Odell, Juju, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins, and yes, Puka, Nakua, tight ends, Mark Andrews, and Greg Dolchich. Um, this team could have some legs there. Um, from the 101 there, if we can get this Lamar uh, stack going, also Purdy with Ayuk, get Aaron Jones back healthy, Cook, uh, things are breaking well for Gus Edwards. Uh, you know, Savan Ahmed is like an ankle injury away from being a featured back. So there is some uh, some interesting uh, stuff going on with that team. Rand Dazzler, why do I feel like uh, uh, you heard about Puka from me? I mean, we talked about Puka the chat. I mean, you guys get to take your victory laps on Puka. It was always me drafting Tutu, and you guys would be screaming at me, Puka. I did write about uh, Puka and Tank Dell like back in May in the Fantasy Life newsletter when they were both um, having, or it might have been around OTAs. Both Tank Dell and Puka were, you know, gaining, uh, you know, rave reviews. The Puka stuff, it's just like hard. I mean, he was the 177th pick in the draft. He, you know, a fifth round pick. He was an older prospect coming into the league at 23 years old. He's not normally the kind of guy you see breaking out in the way he did. But then you look at his yards per route run um, in college at BYU. He was, uh, I think, at 3.4, which is a pretty gaudy number. Um, yeah, no, I, I I will take the, the L on not giving um, more uh, love to Puka there at the end of drafts. And I think, too, in my head, it was... You know, Puka, the way he profiled more as a slot possession wide receiver, I was like, he's blocked by Cooper Cup. That's why I like Tutu, because the thesis was, hey, Van Jefferson sucks. Tutu actually had a really interesting college production profile, like sneaky productive in college and, and not just like a boom bust guy. He can legitimately earn targets. That thesis is kind of playing out. Um, but yeah, it was completely... Uh, off of Puka um, just because I like Tutu as that last Rams pick. But obviously I should have been splitting those down the middle a little bit more. Shout out to all of you who have a ton of Puka bags. Yeah, yeah. Dave Kitchen gets to take credit for uh, for Puka. Mm. Uh, let's see, Mims at, yeah. So the Mims stuff, that's another thing. We should talk about Marvin Mims because Marvin Mims yesterday, guys, I don't know if you saw this. He ran five routes, five routes. Um, he just so happened to have a monster game on those routes. You know, it, I'm like of two minds about it. It does seem like Sean Payton's being a little stubborn with his usage. Um, still rolling out Brandon Johnson, who honestly is playing decent. A uh, little Jordan Humphrey. I'm still very hopeful for, for Marvin Mims, but man, um, we got to get him on the field running more than five routes but sean payton would be legitimately insane not to get those numbers boosted up i think mims and judy are such a nice complement to each other just the way they play and you see marvin mims just dusting corners dusting safeties running in the open field down the field so they got to get marvin mims going he is still one of my most drafted players here let me filter for just best ball mania to see how much mims i have yeah, at 15% Marvin Mims. So he's definitely going to be a guy that I heavily rely on as far as a breakout wide receiver. You know, I think I will end up having a pretty good year if, from an advance rate perspective, if Marvin Mims can keep this up. Jalen Reed also looking really good. Jalen Reed, uh, I have him at 8% there. Um, that was the other big one from yesterday. Who are the other... 
ones there. Yeah, you see my Rashad Penny. That one's not looking good right now. Uh, really hope Kendra is active tonight. That would be nice uh, to see Kendra. Uh, James Cook up here is one of my most drafted. Um, but yeah, some decent returns for some of these guys who started slow in week one. Traylon Burks. Um, Traylon Burks ended up uh, having a better day yesterday. I actually want to see what his usage was. I just saw him on uh, on Red Zone making more catches than I'm used to seeing here. But I want to check the uh, the Traylon Burks usage from yesterday. As always, guys, the uh, you've seen me use it on stream. This uh, utilization hub at Fantasy Life, completely free. Just an awesome way to go and dig into the stats. You can look at the full season range or like I want to just see week two for Traylon Burks. Um, we can see here 62% of the routes. Let me boost this up. Uh, 22% targets per route run, 17% of the targets. Really nice A dot too uh, this week, 20.5 A dot, 38% of the air yards. So um, to see his targets per route run and targets inch up closer here to DeAndre Hopkins, to see Ryan Tannehill look a little bit more competent at quarterback um, was very encouraging there for Traylon Burks. Waylon F and Jennings, do I still really uh, recap really poor lineups? Finished a cool 287th in the Deposit Kingdom tourney. Um, I mean, we can check out really poor lineups if you want, but I was just trying to keep the vibes the vibes high today because normally I will be the one that's eating shit on Monday. So I'm just trying to enjoy this, you know, once every, you know, year occurrence where I get to be happy on my portfolio review. Hmm. What's my Brandon Johnson exposure? Um, uh, I'm going to guess it is not a lot. And by not a lot, I mean zero. I have Roshan, Deontay Johnson, and Jawan Johnson, but no Brandon Johnson. I am sorry. Um, what is up, Tyler? Oh, yeah. Also mentioning Hope. Uh, I believe Hope. Did you? Was it the Mini Royale? I think that Hope won there. Uh, let me pull this one up. Shout out to Hope here. Uh, and we got Nez took down $1,000. I don't remember what contest this was. Congratulations, Nez. Um, and then here is Hope uh, here. $3,000 in the mini with a Daniel Jones, Darren Waller. Ooh, similar. This was very similar lineup to Nez. Um, Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Congratulations to Hope. Is it cruel to ask about your worst BBM team? Anything completely dusted in two weeks? Oh, I'm sure I have tons of those. Um, what's the best way to even look for um, a dusted best ball mania team? It's a little easier in the app because you can see the points on it. Um, when you're on desktop, um, it just shows what place you're in. We can pick out one of my 12th place teams, though, if that would make you feel good. Um, let's see here. Where's a 12th place team? Where are you? Where are you? I guess this is kind of good that I don't have a ton of 12th place. Here's one. Here's one I drafted with Pat. Oh, and I even have a trash can emoji next to it. My naming conventions, I stuck, uh, pretty uniform with how I named these teams, but this one did get the trash can next to it. And it appears that this one's playing out. So this was one of those teams. Yes. This was the team where we were trying to add Durham Smythe at the very end, and I auto-timed out Zeke Elliott, who, God, Zeke looks so bad. Um, but this is the team right now. This has to be one of my worst teams. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, 
Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, who appears dead, Jerome Ford, Zeke Elliott, wide receiver CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, Traylon Burks, Tyler Lockett, Michael Thomas, Odell, Hunter Renfro. Maybe this team isn't even that bad, um, but it uh, is in 12th place, so maybe it is. Uh, Chig, Taysom Hill, and Jake Ferguson. Um, I don't know if that's actually my worst team by scoring. See if I can find another 12th place team for you. Uh, wow, look at Pat and I. You're either first or last. Here's another team I drafted with Pat that's in last place. A Lamar Jackson Ritter. See, it's all these Lamar Jackson teams uh, that I drafted with Pat. J.K. Dobbins, that that hurts. Rashad Penny. So there you go. Here's a truly bad team. No J.K. Dobbins, no Rashad Penny. Uh, and Zeke Elliott there. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Adams, Drake London, Lockett, Bateman, Rice, Alec Pierce, Goddard, Irv Smith likely. Yeah, this is a pretty bad team. All right, turn me up, tweeted me his lineup here. Um, let's pull this up and see what you got going here. So this is turn me up is in first place right now in BBM with 346 points. Wow, did the, the three quarterback team with Jalen Hurts. So you go Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, ETN Swift, Moster, Eli Mitchell, Algier, and Kyron Williams. God, if that is not a perfectly cromulent zero RB room there. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith, Zay Flowers, Marquise Brown. Thanks, Leone. Traylon Burks, Marvin Mims, and Tank Dell. TJ Hawkinson and Hunter Henry. I'm kind of surprised Puka isn't on the top team here. Man, if you swap out Puka for Tank Dell, I think I'd already write you the $500,000 check. Um, that's a sick team. That's a very fun team. Um, Mac Jones though, what's going on? Okay. You did Mac Jones with Henry. You did Tannehill with Burke. So you got those three different stacks in there. I ended up doing a couple three quarterback teams with Hertz as well, where, um, you were able to get the third stack in and the, the last quarterback was just so cheap, but that is a, that's a very, very fun team there. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot. Kyron looks like an absolute league winner. Um, Although I, I think we might we might start to see a little Zach Evans. I think Zach Evans might uh might make some noise at some point this season, but uh the Kyron train uh looks like it's full steam ahead right now. Yeah, thanks for the sauce. Yeah, hard to hard to sauce the team that's in first place in Best Ball Mania right now. Oh wow, young beastie. This is the best fantasy show out here. Everyone looks forward to Pete on Monday mornings. Well, I, I especially look forward to it when I have a winning day. Uh, but yes, I appreciate that young beastie. I do legitimately enjoy doing this show rain or shine win or loss and have enjoyed the, uh, the pivot from GPP exclusive to reviewing, uh, best ball sweats as well. Let me, uh, I need, I need some more coffee here. Hey, I, I can't I can't do zero RB uh, semantics uh, in September. Let's save that for the off season. Let's save that for the off season. I think it's because it's easier to say easy than modified anchor running back, which I just want to throw up when I say something like that as well. Um, yes, AJ, please hit the like button here if you guys are watching. I definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, maybe I'll have to come up with uh, some more giveaways because that's how I really incentivized you guys to comment throughout Hot Best Ball Summer with the giveaway uh, incentives. Um, although I, I genuinely appreciate those of you who are still commenting, even without the incentives, uh, I appreciate you comment grinders here. Um, 
Did I watch the game yesterday? Yeah, dude, I, I know ball now. Because of YouTube TV, I now know ball. Um, the YouTube TV gives you um, Red Zone plus the uh, three other games in the mix. So I'm here, you know, uh, I'm on the rowing machine uh, down in my basement. I got Red Zone up on one. I'm watching Puka. I'm watching uh, Sam Howell. And I'm watching Danny Dimes on the other screen. And I, I, I'm not kidding when I say I'm accidentally going to know more ball because of this. Because I, for all of my life, my fantasy life, I've been completely content being blissfully ignorant to letting other people go through usage, to watching the tape and telling me what happened so I could just get the dopamine hits of red zone. That's all I needed. Let everyone else watch ball, no ball. But now I'm out here forced to watch three other games and I'm watching how they're scheming Puka looks. I'm watching how Sam Howell is scrambling in the pocket. You know, I'm watching how they're getting Jalen Hyatt open deep and I'm like, damn, I know ball now. I know ball. So thank you, YouTube TV. Uh, I am not affiliated with them in any way, um, but they're helping me no ball, guys. They're helping me no ball. Hmm. Ah. Wow. Yeah, Ben Harvard out here commenting on the shorts, although my shorts game uh, has fallen off. I got a little lazy at the start of the season. We'll start getting some shorts up here soon, although I am doing uh, regular shorts over at Fantasy Life. I just recorded one about Puka Nakua. Um, this morning, I said the first thing I need to do when I wake up is to script and record a short about Puka Nakua. But thank you, Ben. I do appreciate you commenting on the shorts. That's the true grinder out here commenting on the shorts. Uh, Reese says, no. So here's the thing. There's only four games on that point. No need for red zone. So here's the thing, Reese. Um, when you have a small child and you can't just be sitting and watching it the entire time, the audio element is huge. And the one thing about the mix is you basically pick your audio for which game you want. And so if you have the audio on four games, you are going to miss the audio for the other three. But if you have the audio on red zone, you're able to get all of the necessary play-by-play um, -play -play from all the games, and then you can direct your focus to where it needs to be. But audio on red zone, three other games, that's the way you have to do it. Um, it's just a pro tip there. Um, Consigliere says, glad I've given up DFS for best ball, much happier. Uh, yeah, I, I need to I need to ramp up my Battle Royale play. Um, now that my Sunday morning process is getting a little bit more streamlined and I'm not as frenzied trying to make, you know, 18 shitty DFS lineups, I need to boost up my, uh, my Battle Royale volume. Yeah, I watched ball one time and banked. Hmm. I have the concept too. Um... Matt says, can't wait for hand in the dirt takes when Pete starts breaking down snap shares. I mean, I already was. Now, the other thing too about having the utilization report up here, like this stuff used to be paywalled behind Pro Football Focus. And now we have access to all the data at Fantasy Life. And you can go through any single situation, any single backfield. You want to see how the Tajay Spears, Derrick Henry split broke in week two. Um, Derrick Henry took over again with the rush attempts and the snaps. Um, that was actually a flippening from week one. If you look at week one here, um, you actually had Tajay Spears leading them in snaps. Things uh, corrected back in week two to the big dog here. 74% of the attempts and even a nice bit of usage in the passing game there. 48% of the routes, 13% of the targets. There you go, Matt. Me breaking down snap share and pass percentage, hand in the dirt takes. 
just blossoming in front of your eyes. It really is. Puka is such a terrific name. Puka and Tutu um, is going to be an incredible combo. I saw someone at the top of one of the DFS tournaments that ran out the Matthew Stafford double stack. That that was the nuts, man. You roll out Matthew Stafford, Puka, and Tutu, and you bring it back with CMC. Frog, I am I am uh, aware that Red Zone has no commercials. I don't know if you know, but Scott Hanson and I are friends. We do shows together. Uh, seven hours, in fact, of commercial-free football. Mm. Hang on, let me try to read this one out. Pete famously not paying ETR to no ball for him, but still paying for Sims, while Brick will famously never no ball and makes his own Sims, but pays ETR to no ball is something. Uh, no, I, I have the uh, the ETR Sims uh, myself. So no, I, I'm also paying ETR uh, to help me no ball. I'm, I'm paying ETR to have the math uh, help me no ball. So yes, uh, I, I do really think like all jokes aside, um, and this is one of the reasons like during best ball season, you know, getting to talk to Sean Siegel and during the NFL season, getting to talk to jam to win and people who are, you know, both those guys jam to win and Sean Siegel, those guys are, are low key news and information hounds. Both of them watch every single game. Both of them are watching press conferences. Both of them are crawling through beat reports and articles looking for any other thing, getting to talk to them and having people synthesize some of those things that it's just too much work to do on your own, like full stop. I do really appreciate the melding of all of that stuff. And then being able to say like, oh, these are the guys JM is really on. Let me hand build a few of these lineups. Oh, who are the tournament pivots that the guys over at Establish the Million are on? Let me go look at the ownership projections and then see if there's some key pivots I can make. Like James Cook was something that I didn't hear anyone talking about, but I just like that as a tournament pivot. And then it's like, can we bring all these things together? The hashtag best plays, the tournament pivots, and then actually test that lineup in a sim. Because, and Brian used to say this all the time, right? Where it's like, we're just guessing, is this a good lineup? We can look at the projected points. We can look at the projected ownership, but you're actually guessing if it's a good lineup, if you're not actually simming it. And so to have this tool at the solver to be able to check my work and actually see, hey, no, this lineup actually grades well. It is a really helpful backstop because the the, the dirty truth is, and uh, it's not a surprise to anyone who's looked at my lineups over the years. Like I make a ton of shitty lineups because I'm firing from the hip. I've definitely improved over the years, um, but being able to have this is kind of like the in-boss level of being like, how does this actually grade out in the Sims? I, it's massive. I think it's a massive thing. And, um, you know, people ask, can you win without Sims still? Like, sure, of course. It's just getting harder and harder to be able to compete with people who are able to have these tools. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's an ongoing discussion. If you missed Lulz last week, we had Levitan and Leonion talking about the Sims and there are still there's still a ton of room for air and how you use them. And it's not just spitting out a bunch of lineups, but to me, it's the idea of testing assumptions. You know, it was that same thing where it's like, I'm looking at two V2s with this defense and this player. Let's see how these two compare by rerunning the sim with the same lineup, but just isolating a couple of variables. So that's how I really like using it. Um, I'm sure I will come crashing down to earth sooner than later, but through two weeks, um, streamlining my process, simplifying my process, you know, testing it against the sim results. It's been very, very helpful for me. Hmm. 
Montgomery out a couple of weeks. Um, this is going to be one of those spots where we're all collectively going to get extremely excited about Jameer Gibbs, and then Craig Reynolds is going to get 12 carries. Hmm. Did JM draft any best ball teams? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he drafted a, a decent amount of best ball teams. I don't know if he was quite the grinder um, to the extent like Hilo, who I had on the show, who also does great stuff over at one week season. Um, I know he max a ton of stuff. I don't know if JM was quite there in the max streets, but yeah, I know he drafted. Um, duh, 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 duh. What is, Matt says, the single entry sim legit helped my building process. I built a lineup and the sim kept slapping my hand and telling me try again. Yeah, that's the thing. They have they have two different, uh, I believe, price levels. They have the um, the full uh, simulator, which if you want, it's $149 a month. And then they have the $20 a month version where you can just build a lineup and then sim one at a time, which is a nice way to try it out. Um, I do have a link to the solver uh, down below if you guys want to mess with it. Um, why, why is everyone asking me all these JM questions? Like, I am friends with JM, but I actually don't know how he spends all of his waking minutes. How does JM watch so much ball and do so much hiking, kayaking, and spelunking? Um, I know. He's, uh, he's a renaissance man. He's a renaissance man. Did you guys see the photo of uh, – who was it? Was it Coop, Andrew Cooper? Uh out on a walk yesterday. I had like a similar version of this, but not quite to this extent. Let me pull up this photo from Andrew Cooper yesterday. Um, when your wife wants to go for a walk with the dog and baby, but it's uh, Sunday. So they have the dog and they have the front facing like baby Bjorn. And then he's hooked up the iPad on the back so he could watch Red Zone uh, while on this hike. This is just incredible dedication. I did like my own version of this. I took April out for a walk yesterday. It was like a gorgeous day here in Mass. And I had on the stroller, I threw up Red Zone there. So I got in, you know, a 45 minute walk getting outside while watching uh, Red Zone there. But I can't compete with this. I don't know if Lauren would allow this one where I'm like, hey, do you mind if I strap this iPad to your back and then you walk uh, exactly eight inches in front of me for the duration of this hike? Uh, but shout out to uh, to Andrew for this uh, this legendary move here. <laughs> oh my God, my wife would divorce me. Yeah, it was uh, that. It's truly impressive. There, I would be curious uh, how long this actually lasted. Uh oh, yeah. Now we have truthers here. Hey, just just let someone have a fun picture online, okay? Okay, Rand Dazzler. Mm. <laughs> when you combine knowing ball with loving your family, it's a great bit. Yeah, I've had April's bedtime. You know, we generally we we give her dinner and then we're doing um uh, a bath around like six thirty to six forty five, and this is like right falling into when uh you know. Puka is racking up his last carries and I'm trying to see, do I have a chance at finishing top five in these tournaments? And uh, I had to go dark there for about 20 minutes and then come back and, and see that Puka had a few more garbage time catches there. But it's tough out there. It's tough out there knowing ball and being a family man. Um, let's see. Plot twist. She's watching Red Zone on her phone. Now that would be funny. I'm trying to think, is there... Yeah, now he needs like something um, on his shoulders that then comes and hangs over her, you know, like a long extended um, phone holder. And then she's able to watch something in front of her just for a full inception there. Um, that yeah, This should be, Andrew, if you're watching uh, Coop Fiasco, uh, you should make this your Christmas card. 
I think that would be would be an incredible bit sending this out to all your family and friends as your Christmas card. Does this count as touching grass? That's a really good question. I I think you count it. I think you count it. I mean, all I see is a ton of greenery here. Um, it looks like they are they are definitely touching grass. I think it's just like it more is a the canary in the coal mine of our kind of cyborg future, right? Where we're just melding. We all become half machine. You know, I'm out here hand building and using Sims. Andrew is out here in nature while watching Red Zone. I think this is the next generation here of artificial intelligence, of robotics. We all are becoming half man, half machine. And that's what Andrew's doing here out in the uh, the wilderness. Yeah, and you get a little underdog cardio club there. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Matt says, looks like uh, a little quality family time to me. What are we even talking about? Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in for Pete's portfolio review. I have to head over and do Sirius XM. I'm over there Mondays through Wednesdays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with Kendall Valenzuela, talking ball, uh, if you guys are wanting to tune into that. Otherwise, I will be back uh, tomorrow uh, at 3.30 with the club. I believe Andy and Clay are back from their honeymoons. Um, we'll figure out what we're going to do for that show. And then other than that, the usual stuff. Uh, Swolecast on Wednesdays, Lulz on Thursdays, Ship Chasing Thursday Night Party. We had an absolute blast on Thursday. Arif Hassan swung by. We built some fun pick'em slips, and we're going to keep that rolling. Uh, I don't know if we've announced it yet, uh, but Lord Reeves is going to be our guest in the second quarter. We got the Giants at Niners on Thursday night, so hopefully a decent game. And then, of course, Friday, the block party with JM at 2. We got the off and on the clock show at 3. And then the two premium shows for you YouTube members will have uh, After Dark show on Saturday night. I need to book that guest. Um, I'll do that shortly. And then, of course, the Sunday week 3. Cram will be at 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. I do have in my newsletter my entire schedule laid out. So if you're ever trying to like figure out the whole schedule, it's all there. I continue to get questions about Tilt Space. Just go subscribe to my newsletter, the P.O. Box newsletter. It's completely free. It has my schedule in it. You can get up to date about it. I know everyone's sad that there's no Tilt Space. It is what it is, guys. Like I said, Tilt Space was when uh, my daughter goes to bed now, and uh, I wasn't missing bed to tilt over DFS lineups. I know you guys are all disappointed about that. It is what it is, but I do recommend the Shipcast on Thursday nights. Very similar uh, vibe to the Tilt Space, and uh, and yeah, so we'll see you guys over there Thursday night. Uh, hope you guys have a good Monday night. We'll be in the Discord uh, talking about the two-game slate and some of the showdown stuff if you guys want to join us in there. Otherwise, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you around. Peace.